Welcome to Meaningful Desire. This is uh, the audio version of a Zoom presentation I did for the first Sugar and Spice Festival back in August the 3rd, 2020. It's a presentation I call Orgasmic Meditation, a path to the life in the erotic. So in, in this session, I answer questions about orgasmic meditation. I also showed participants a breakdown of the practice itself. Enjoy. <laughs> he changed his name to Clean Up Guy. All right, I'm everyone. Name and I saw Clean Up Guy. Well, welcome to uh, this uh, session of Sugar and Spice. I hope we get both tonight, more sugar and more spice. Uh, my name is Oliver Damien. And in case you don't know, you're in the orgasmic meditation, a path to living in the erotic workshop. Before I start, I would like to introduce two important people who are who's helping us with the technicals of this session. It's Mr. Cleanup Guy and Tushar. Would you like to say hello? Hello, Paul Hi. Hello, everybody. Hello. And they'll be in the chats, and if ever you get dropped off, they're the people to contact. And they'll let you back in. Okay. All right. That's right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Before we start, has anyone seen the video I posted in the Facebook group? No. Okay. Has anyone... Does anyone know what orgasmic meditation is? No? All right, let's begin from the start. So orgasmic meditation is a partnered practice where a stroker, who can be a man or a woman, strokes the clitoris of the strokey for 15 minutes with no goal other than to feel what's happening in their bodies at that moment. So that's the practice. Now, you might think, what is this all about, you know? What the fuck is this? I'm, and I, when you watch the video in the Facebook thing, I'll tell you my story, but I, I think I'll, I'll tell, it, tell it again. So I'm, I'm in Sydney, I was a lawyer, I was on my way, I had this apartment in this funky suburb, and I thought, fuck, I made it. You know? This is it, I'm on my way. I, think I, I worked hard at uni, at high school, get to the right schools, do law school, get into the funky law firm and working my ass off. And then I was sitting in my apartment. Okay, I've done everything. Why the fuck do I feel this emptiness? You know, there's something, you know, I hit a wall, like, it's like a crisis in meanings. Like, I thought I did everything what society expected me to do. And all I need now is for that magical woman to come, we'll have kids and we'll have a house in the suburbs. But something in my heart wasn't like, I could go this path. And at that time, I was also doing some seated meditation. Hello, people. It's in the middle of the story. And so I said, there's something wrong with the path I'm taking. I could see myself like 
right before I die, and I said, what did I do with my life? So I thought I needed to change something. I hit a wall and I was not feeling the juice, you know, not feeling the oomph to go on. So I had, it was affecting my mental health, it was affecting my work. And at that time in a, in a law firm here in Sydney, you can't just cruise, you have to step up all the time because you know, billable hours and stuff. And then I was at the point, either I get on with the program and give my life to this or I do something else. I decided to do something else. Quit everything, I'm gonna travel. I went to London, hooked up with an ex-lover and I was couch surfing in her apartment. And then one night she came in, hey, guess what? I did with my boyfriend, what? We, had, we did this thing called orgasmic meditation. I said, what is it? You know, we were in a room here in, uh, I think they were in, uh, in Soho, I think. There, there was a room there. It's like 50 people there are 70 people there. And she, he stroked my pussy for 15 minutes. I said, what? You did that with other people? I said, yeah. And there was a demo and she showed us how to do it. Really? No way. No. I was like, I was like no way. Because I grew up in the Philippines, Catholic, there, there was no way that this thing is happening in the world. I said, nah, you're kidding me. No, it's legit, it's here. So I, I tried to forget it, but I can't. So I can't get it out of my mind. So I researched what this is about. And it, it got into my head so much because I was doing it in between applications in London and stuff that I met the community there and I met them and they're like, yeah, they have jobs like normal people. They they don't seem too crazy. And in fact, they had something. There was, you know, like juiciness in there. I was like, I want that. I want that. And I was like, yeah, I think this is interesting. And then they told me, you just missed her. The the, the person Nicole Daydon who founded the service, the the service, <laughs> the practice, was just here. She was teaching it herself. Just missed her. But she'll be in Paris this weekend. And I thought, and that weekend was my, it's my birthday as well. This was back in 2014 and I said, I'm not working and trying to find myself. It's my birthday. Maybe this will be my birthday gift to myself. I'll go to Paris. If this turns out to be a crazy thing that I hate, I'll just, it's fine, I'm in Paris. I went and I saw this practice. Boom, it just blew me, blew my mind. And since I was a meditator, I could recognize there's something else about this. There's something that has to do with consciousness. And at the end of the seminar, the workshop, there was an optional hands-on. So you could do the practice if you stayed. And I stayed. And I owned with two women I've never met before. One was English and one was American who was actually living in Paris at that time. I'm still friends with the second album. And then there was an optional, another optional community event the following day, which I went to. And I on with three French women who I've never met before. It's like, this thing just blew my mind. And then I went back to London, started doing the practice there. And then I couldn't find a job in love because my heart wasn't in it. So I went back to Sydney. So decided to study product design and innovation. And then said, oh, I'm gonna miss this practice. And then I emailed Nicole. I know, I understand, but there's someone there bringing it to Australia. You should meet her. And then I met her. She's now my best friend. So, and then I, 
I practiced here and I ended up living in an om house where people live there to do om every day. And I ended up going to LA to do the coaching program so I could teach this. I just went full in and I haven't stopped doing the practice since then. So that's my story. Now maybe I'd like to hear your story if that's, if I have your permission. So let's say, Danielle, would you like to? Oh, what kind of story do you want me to say? I just, let's do this. So, um, hi, how are you? Doing good. How are you feeling right now? Tired, but excited. How do you feel in your body? Magigil. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, that expression. Well, where do you feel this in your body? No, no, because I, I was relating to your story, how you feel. Like, I know how it feels like to be excited for another person. So, I can feel your excitement while you were just talking about it and how you went to a class and had your mind blown. So, I know how that feels. Mm. And to hear that from you, it, it, it reminds me of what kinds of classes did I take that made me feel that way, that excited. So, mm. it's one of those things. That's why I really relate to what you were feeling. I know you had giggle while you were doing it. So, I was like, <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. When, when you, did you read about the, about the OM before you decided to do this workshop? I actually heard of it before, but I never looked into it deeper. I know there are tantric um ways to pleasure a person without having anything as a goal because you know i'm i'm an artist and i'm someone who dances so sometimes mm -hmm. free flowing without the goal is something nice because you're just navigating through endless possibilities and not mm. having to have that pressure to achieve something and the journey becomes more beautiful that way instead of putting so much pressure on not achieving something Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you were saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about one of the first things when, you're, when you choose this path, one of the first things we decondition is this idea of confusing climax with orgasm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ordinary, most people, hopefully, mm -hmm. they think orgasm is there's this baseline and go, oh, yeah. yeah. And most people just look at that. Mm -hmm. at that climax point before the drop-off and then and some people are not like that and then it's then they feel bad and not True. orgasming but actually maybe you're not just climaxing maybe you're having orgasm but it's a climax it's a bit like you know when you go to a symphony you have the whole two hours like different woodwinds and then the piano the cello it's like movements and at the end is that ding, wishing for thinking that orgasm is climax is just forgetting the whole symphony and just waiting for the gong at the end. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You missed out a lot, a lot of the movement. And when we were chatting in the, in the room before, there was a few people asking like, if I don't have a partner, I don't have a clitoris. There's a practice, which is a partner practice. But there's also the being that's behind the practice, you know, which in a way I've lived since I've found um, 
parts of it have permeated the way I look at life, the way I, I am, the way I behave, the way I relate to people. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit like Zen, you know, I guess Nicole, she's on her way to become a Zen Buddhist nun until she found it. Because when, when I have a goal, I'm no longer here. I'm no longer in the present. Because the goal means you know what's going to happen at the end. So instead of being here, I'm right there. And when I talk to strokies, and there's also a male um, where I'm the client, the strokies, you would think she's just lying there and her clitoris is being stroked. But it's hard work when you're just receiving. Sometimes receiving is so hard. I don't know if people can relate to that. No! <laughs> Same way. <laughs> no, I mean, as a woman. Mm. I mean, in, 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 when you get into a sexual relationship with someone, there's always an expectation that the woman will go down on a man to mm. service the man. But there is less expectation for the man to, to actually reciprocate. So it, it took time for me to realize that some men actually just want to give without receiving because they just want to. So it's a, a learning process for someone who always gives in that mm. moment. And also one of the key tenets of um, as a philosophy is no commerce in the sense that when I own, it's because I want to. There's no extra. That's why I'll teach you the if people want the exact practice, it's really bare bones, no music, no incense. It's just the, what is needed for the practice. And it's 15 minutes, always 15 minutes. And then after you're done, you're done. It's not foreplay. I mean, you're not prevented from having sex, but it's good to keep it separate. If you want to have sex, do it tomorrow or 10 hours, a few hours later. To keep it clean. It's a clean practice. Because otherwise, you start calculating. The problem with commerce is you cannot, oh, she did this to me, then I have to do this to her. I, I brought her to dinner, or I sacrificed it. It just creates all this entanglement, and no one can orgasm if your vigilant center is, oh, oh, and do I have to marry him? Do I have to, do I have to go on a date now? But if it's clear that this is just that for 15 minutes, all I have to do is feel, and if you're a stroke, you just follow the protocols and feel what's happening in your body. It's a very powerful practice. Let's hear some other voices. Who else is in the room? Is, this, is it just us? You're, uh, yeah, I'm Trisha. Hello. <laughs> I'm having Anyone my dinner, so I'm like eating. Why did you see your video? I, I watched your YouTube video. So yeah. I wasn't expecting that at the end with the demo and stuff. I was like, wow, that looks like a guy you check up. <laughs> that's, that's a thought that comes across because I'm not exposed to this at all. First time watching it. Uh -huh. And so, but I'm interested too. So I'm sitting here with my husband and I'm like, hey, something new to learn. <laughs> okay. Uh, after watching the video, are there some questions that's alive in you at the moment? Yeah. It, from the description, it sounded like it's happening to both of you, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I didn't read more into it. I just finished watching the video earlier on and I'm like, wow, that, that sounds something interesting I've not I'm not familiar with, so I'm just looking forward to hearing more about it. Okay, so I can describe the practice, the container, in a moment. But before that, let me just 
hear some other questions and we could chat a bit before we get to the technical stuff. Uh, do you have any questions, Mata, or thoughts? Yes, uh, there's or, one very eager person asking if I don't have a click, can I stroke something else to replace it with the practice of OM? Um, do I have any other questions? So yeah, you just covered uh, uh, how you got into it mm -hmm. uh, and what the practice is. Uh, maybe you can talk more details because mm -hmm. uh, I think the video that you posted in the Facebook group is, is really good uh, because there's the live demonstration and it's, it's less confronting for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think I think I, I don't have any questions about the benefits of OM. I think uh, uh, like what Trisha, Trisha was asking, you know, uh, people assume that it is just one way, one giving and one receiving, but it's so much more than that. So maybe mm. you can share more about that. Mm. So maybe I'll, I'll talk about the, the container the steps and then along the way, I'll show that it's two-way. So the first thing about OM is each of the participants needs to know if it's their desire to OM, right? Because the first step in the practice is to ask, like, Danny, would you like to OM? And Danny could say, yes, thank you. And then we discuss the details. Do I go to your house? Do you go to my house? who brings the nest, I'll, I'll talk about the nest. Or she could say, no, thank you. And that's it. That's the end of the discussion. No, oh, why did you say no? You know, it's, and then she could, and when she says, no, thank you, that means no for now. That means I can ask her later, unless she says, no, don't ask me again. And then you don't ask her. So a key part of this is people come into this practice in their full volition. When I do this, I want to do this. And I know what I'm getting into, hence the container. So the key part is feeling into ourselves what our desires are. This is the hardest bit for me to learn. I thought it's easy, but it's actually quite... Um, hard for me because uh, I was used to just going with the flow, doing what the other person wants until I, let's do some exercises to, to, to get at this. Um, it's only us here. Let's try that. Or unless you clean up tech guys, do you want to participate or let's try with Danny. I'm just gonna ask you, Danny, what's your desire? And just say the first thing that comes into your mind. What's your desire? Hugs. <laughs> you can have it. What's your desire? Huh? What? Hugs. I'm asking you again. What yeah. do you desire? And then you, I you desire come hugs. up with another one. Yeah. Okay. What do you C desire? Cuddles. What do you desire? Alone time. What else do you desire? Rope. <laughs> What else do you desire? Hmm. Sleep. What do, what do you desire? Intimacy. What do you desire? Release. 
What do you desire? It's so hard to think on the spot. First thing that comes up is the best. What do you desire? <laughs> Sorry. I become blank. <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. I could feel something there in this part of you. What's that? I, I think it's because, you know, I, I um, Martha and Trisha and Yan knows that I think it's been five months since I've had someone be with me. Mm-hmm. So I've been alone. So it's mostly on the feeling of wanting touch, to be hugged, to have that space. Yeah. How would you like to be touched? Mm, I want to be cradled. Right. Like held? Uh, held, cradled, like on, uh, seated on top of a person and then just caressed and hugged in that way. Yeah. For a long time? Or? Yeah, for a long time. And quiet, no talking? Or? Yeah, quiet, no talking, just being in the moment, just really, letting really. it flow. Yeah. Good. I can feel that. So, see, that's, that's the... So in the own practice, at the end, is you share frames, mm-hmm. and then you, you could feel what the other person felt. So anyway, it's good. I could feel you're very specific in your desire, and you know it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the first step in Aum is, I want to do the practice. So that's why I started when I first taught it in the video in the Facebook group. You'd see the demo, and hopefully it will come through. You could feel what was going on between two experienced practitioners. And then when you have the desire, then you want to learn. Okay, let's, let's assume that the desire is there. And then we did start the, would you like to arm? And she said yes. And then we said, all right, let's pretend we're going to arm here where I am now. Okay, so what, these are the things you need um, Zafu. It's usually best in a flat space. And it's usually good to do it not in the bed where you have sex if you have a partner. They can separate the two. There's a specific reason for this. One good reason for this is, so let's say I'm with my girlfriend and we're also on me. If I ask her to arm and we arm and then we have sex immediately, then next time I ask her, it will be in her head. Oh, does she just want to um, or does he want to have sex as well? And if she doesn't want to have sex, she just say no. And then we feel the practice. It's, it's good to keep it separate. So we know when I ask her to um, that's all we'll do. So she can relax because not every time everyone wants to have sex, right? If you confuse the two, then you confuse the whole thing. So it's best to separate it. So, so let's say this is, can you see? Can you see the, the, the space? Yeah. Can everyone see? Yes. So let's say this is maybe the carpet or a bed where you don't have sex on. They usually put a mat or a blanket. And then you have the pillow for her head. 
two cushions for her legs. Zafu on her right side. So she's gonna put her head here. A pussy towel. It's a face towel. That's where she's gonna put her bum in when she lies down. Gloves. And then loop. So first the mechanics. So the man always the stroker, the one doing the stroking, remains fully clothed all the time. The strokey, the one being stroked, just takes off her pants, the good stroke of this, and she lies down like butterfly, like that. It's like that. And then So imagine the, my stroke is there. The first step is to put the zafu near her right hip. And then I step over her and then so my, my left leg is over her. And then I'm on the zafu and then her right leg is over mine and her left leg is meeting my other leg. So if we form like this, it's just there and here. And the first thing I do, so you also need a timer. So the first thing I'll do is, so in that position, are you comfortable? Yes. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna touch your thighs now. So this is called safe porting. So you're gonna tell her what you're gonna do before you do it. And I should just say, thank you. So you, she says thank you so that I know that she heard that, what I said. And then I, I'm gonna touch her thighs now. She says thank you. And then I touch her thighs. Just put it, hold it there. It's like a grounding feeling, just ground her there. And then I do the noticing step. So I look at her pussy, her yoni, her vagina. I look at it and I just describe two things I see in her pussy. And I describe it in value neutral terms. So for example, this is the form of how you do it. I notice that near your hood at the top where the two lips meet, they form a V shape. And the color of the upper left hand part of your left lip is rosy pink. Now, I say those two things and then she says, thank you. That's that apparently a lot of women, a lot of strokeys, there's something magic when they first hear that because I didn't know this until I found hundreds of women that many women don't actually look at the, they don't actually know what it looks down there and to have someone described it in a, value neutral terms without saying, oh, it's beautiful. You don't do that. Just see what, describe exactly. Sometimes you'll say, I noticed that there's a bit of moisture on, on the part of your arthritis. Just see what you see there for two, just two, two things. So you've done that, noticing she says, thank you. And then when I start, there's a timer. I use this uh, timer called 
inside timer. It's a meditation timer. So by the way, before I go into the nest, I've already had this ready. I should have this ready. And now I did have a preset for own. So there's a bell when it starts. And then in the 30 minute mark, it will bell again. And I'm gonna tell her two minutes. So she knows there's two minutes to go before the own finishes. And, and then I'll let you know what happens in that two minutes. And then at the end, there's like three bells and it's the end of the own. So it's like the timer I have, like Pitsy's already preset 15 minutes and the bells. All right, so the timer's ready. I said, I've done the noticing step. And then once I've done the noticing step, once I touch her, her thighs, I never let go of contact. So what I'm gonna prepare is, so when I'm doing, putting on the gloves, always one part of my arm is, remains in contact with her thighs. So don't let, leave her hanging. So example, I'm doing this, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be there. And I usually put on the gloves in my right hand. The reason for that is, so once that's there, I get the loop. I use this pinky to get this a bit and put it on my stroking finger. This is the stroking finger. It's always the left hand. So that when I put on the gloves on the left hand, because I put a bit of lube there, this will stick. Because if there's a crease there, it's not a pleasant feeling if that's not smooth. Because the clitoris is very sensitive. It has the most number of nerve endings in the universe. So it's very, very sensitive. So you don't want any, you wanna make sure that's smooth. And then I put lube there on this stroking finger. And I put lube on the antroidal finger. So this is the thumb of the right hand, like that. And then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna touch your pussy now. And then she's gonna say, thank you. When she says thank you, I turn on the timer. And then, oh, this is very delicate. So, so that's her pussy. I'm gonna slowly enter the field. And then the first thing to touch are the two lips. So I, I part them so that I could see where the clitoris is. And it's different for every woman. There's so varied, it's a lot of variation. So I open it, and the first thing I do is stroke down really. I'll, I'll do an, uh, specifics on stroking after this, so you'll know how, what, what's the pressure and stuff. But the first thing is to stroke down to ground her. So after you feel that she's grounded, a few down strokes, tell her to lift up. So she's gonna lift her bum. I'm gonna put the four fingers underneath her bum. I'm gonna place the thumb just in her antroidus, just in the entrance. You don't jam in it, you don't, it's just grounding her at the entrance. And then I do the stroking. And while I'm stroking, she's gonna feel it and then she's gonna make adjustments. So if you don't watch the video in Facebook, my partner says, could you move two millimeters? 
she's experienced, so she's, she's that specific. But when you start off, you can just say faster, slower, more to the right, more to the left. Because what's happening is we're both finding the spot, which is the spot of the highest sensation. And it moves throughout the arm. And then, so sometimes I'll feel it and I'll change it. And then if my feeling was wrong, she'll adjust me. So the stroke can make adjustments. And the rule is the stroker just has to follow whatever she says, the adjustments she has. If she says, lift the finger and just lift. If she says, stop, you stop the arm. That's, that's the rule. But also, I could also make uh, requests that I could, or proposals like, would you like a heavier stroke? And she could say, yes, thank you, or no, thank you. If she says yes, then I do the heavier stroke. Would you like a faster stroke? Would you like to, would you like for me to stroke more to the left? more to the right. So I could offer or she could make adjustment and that's how the whole thing proceeds. And we're riding this wave. So in a way what's happening is as the own progresses, it's less about her, it's less about me, it's more about the thing in between us. And all the time the stroke is just looking at her position. I'm not, shouldn't do this, shouldn't, it's always there. So 15 minutes, that's why it's a meditation. It's like putting my attention for 15 minutes just in the, tiny space there and feeling what's going on. And then at the 30 minute mark, there'll be a bell. Ding! And then I'm gonna say two minutes to go and she'll acknowledge, she'll say thank you. And then I'm gonna just gonna switch to downstrokes. So for the last two minutes, it's just down, down. Because when you only get high, you have to bring both of yourselves down. Otherwise, you just go a bit crazy. <laughs> because like, if you need to drive, if you need to, you know, you need to function in the world, you need grounding. So let's say you've done the grounding strokes. And then after two minutes, the bell will go ding, ding, ding. And I'm going to say, that's time. I stop stroking. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to move. I'm gonna remove my hand and make it like a cup, like that, over her pussy, pelvic bone. And then she's gonna lift up and I'm gonna remove the other hand and put it like that. And then I press first towards her pussy and then hold it for a few seconds until I could feel she's calm down. And then I switch to down. And then when that's done, and I'm just going to tell her, lift up. And then she's going to lift up. I'm going to get the pussy towel. I'm going to fold it in half. I'm going to wipe my beard there. So I'm going to fold it in half. And I'm just going to dab her pussy three times. So dab, dab, dab. So remove the lube, the liquids, whatever. Clean. <laughs> We're talking just about this cleaning up earlier. And then I flip it over to the clean side. I just put it there. And I remove the gloves and the ball. And then she's there and then I move up and I help her up. And then we have maintain a distance and then we share frames. 
So a frame would be like a moment during the Aum. It's one moment. There was a moment in the practice where I felt this heat in my chest, or as you can say, there's a moment in the practice where I felt electricity in my pussy, or there was a moment where I felt heaviness on my shoulder. So this is one moment. It's all about the body. And the reason we the reason we do body thing is because we need to feel the other. If I say I feel bliss, I don't know what bliss is for you. I feel happiness. I don't know what, but if I say I feel an itchiness in my cheek, I can relate to that. I feel some I feel heaviness in my stomach. I can relate to that. So that's that's the reason for that. Everyone still good? Have I lost you or are you still okay? Now for stroking, I invite everyone to do this, including all our uh, technical people, if you want. So to start the stroke, the pressure is as if you're stroking an eyelid. So let's say this is your left hand. This is your pointing finger. Stroke your eyelids. That's how, that's how, that's the, that's the pressure, because you don't want to hurt your eye, right? So that's the amount of pressure. So that's pressure. Now, in terms of the surface area, practice with the pencil. <laughs> so this is a pencil, right? So that's the extent of the movement. It's that small. They could stroke up, which is just predominantly up. And when you stroke, don't lift your finger. Don't go up and then lift. Nah, it has always to be in contact. That's why we wear gloves and lube. And so we use this pawpaw lube because other lubes, they dry out quickly. In, in, in America, or one of my partners here, she cooks her own lube because she wants more natural butter share or something. So yeah, but you want the lube to last for 15 minutes. You don't want water-based. Coconut oil doesn't work too because it's too liquid. It just, sometimes after people have almond, they just, it's just coconut, it just, just it was too liquid. It, 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 it's not. So that's stroking. So you could vary stroking pressure, more pressure, less pressure, speed, faster, slower, location. But it's always up and down. You don't stroke circular. It's always up and down. And yeah, it's stroking. Yeah, and adjustments. Yeah, it's, it's actually very powerful adjustments. Because you can also do that in your life. It's amazing. Like, I like what you're doing, but can you do it a bit like this? Less? Or I, I love what you do for me, but can you make it stronger? Because we don't do that. Sometimes when you're receiving, you just, I'm, I'm grateful just to receive whatever's there. But when you actually specify it, you're doing the, the person giving a favor. Because one of the first hindrances, first time strokers, this happened to me, my male ego got bruised. Why is she telling me what to do? I should be in control. <laughs> and then my, my friend, my coach said, didn't, don't men always complain that they don't know what women want? Yeah. This time she's already telling you what she wants and you're still complaining. 
Because <laughs> they always complain, women never tell me what they want. I have to guess. This time, you're not guessing. She's actually telling you where to stroke if she wants it faster. You should be saying, hallelujah, finally, I can get a straight desire from her. When, I, when she told me that, it flipped. Oh, yeah. Why am I complaining? I can actually hear what she wants, finally. So that's a way to deconstruct that. No one's in control in the sense that we're both, sometimes this practice is about surrender, but people mistake, usually people mistake that I surrender to the strokey, I surrender to the woman. No, we both surrender to the practice. We're both, see if, if, if the stroke is just giving adjustment after adjustment, and just like a robot, it won't work for her too. Because the whole point is to bring both of us to the involuntary. So otherwise you just get this do it yourself. If, you know, there's that play between energies. It's like, it's like riding a, it's like surfing. You don't want to be too, too ahead of the wave. But you don't want to be left behind. You have to be on the crest. And it moves, it's like. And it's funny, like with the clitoris, it's there and there. And it's wet and it's slippery and it's underfold. It moves all the time, so you have to really and believe me, women, the strokey can feel it. If I'm not focused, if I'm thinking about something else, she'll know. But that's why this is a good practice for meditation. Because it's her body, it's very sensitive. If she knows this, even later on, when we become more advanced, we have this practice where you actually say, I checked out. Where you say, I shouldn't be there, but I checked out. And then once you say, I checked out, then, ah, oh, then I can, it's like meditation when you're meditating. Oh, I'm thinking about my groceries. Just back to the meditation. Same here. When you check out, just go back to the practice. Questions. Are there any questions in the chat? Or if you want to voice it. And I, get, I, I gave like a quick rundown. Usually takes a, but that's the, that's it. That's a practice. And then you end, and then you say goodbye. You pack the net, pack up the nest, go home, and then next time you ask if she wants to do it again. And I've been doing this since 2014. I've done it in America, in Europe, in the UK, here. I haven't done it in Asia, so that would be interesting. So uh, Oliver, is there a reason for 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, so the company where I learned this from, One Taste, or Nicole and her people, they, they experimented with different lengths and they found that 15 minutes is the most, it's the right amount of time for people. And usually when I go to someone's house or they go to my house, so they travel, we usually do two. So 15 minutes, and then, we, and then I'll ask the one to come again, and then we do another one. But you have to ask every time. So start with 15 minutes. Later on, like with my advanced practitioners, we do longer ones, but it's not longer than It's our own experiments, you know, because we already trust each other. And we've, we've been, like with my advanced partner now, we've been oming since 2015. So we could vary a bit, but that's, 
you don't go there until you're there. <laughs> Stick with the container. Once you go up the, the once you go out of the container, that's a different practice already. Any more questions? Or even impressions? So so the the what do you call it? Um, so this is like not not a fall play. It is a activity by itself. Yes. You, you yes. do it separately from sex. This is like a doing a meditation by itself. But instead of focusing on the breath, you focus on the clit. Right? You got it. So <laughs> okay. So you focus on the clit in terms of the breath of the mechanics, but each person is actually focusing on what they're feeling in their body. Do you know what I mean? Like I may be stroking, but while I'm stroking, I'm feeling everything. It's just amazing. This is like, because before Om, I only knew the male kind of orgasm, which is very linear and very deep focus. When I learned this, I learned like it travels. It can be like... Yeah, because from the way you described in the video, um, yep. that how you went up your spine and poof, you know, like kind of through your head. Uh, it, it, it resonated because I, when I did a, a kind of chi meditation mm -hmm. and uh, we could feel the chi flowing through, sometimes it's tingling, sometimes it makes you feel big, sometimes it makes you feel small. And the sensation is just like, you have to experience it. You know, you can, everyone is different. And if yep. there's a somewhere, uh, you can feel it. Like uh, during the practice, when I had surgical spots, it wouldn't go through that particular area. And the ultimate one where it's like how you describe when, when all the chi is unblocked, it will come through your spine and through your head, the roof of your head, and then poof. So some mm -hmm. people will, will start tearing up. Some people will have like fireworks kind of, ex or, or kind of like um, little ants running around your face mm -hmm. kind of sensation. So, um, so when you describe it, I said, oh, it sounds like that. It sounds like that chi flowing within yeah. the yeah, she was saying that I could feel it, and and since I've been doing it for quite a while, I've anything can come up. Like I had a lot of times where the women would just cry. Sometimes they'll get angry. Sometimes, especially people with a lot of trauma, sometimes it can come out. But the thing is, that's why the stroker is the most. You would think it's the active position, but it's actually the most surrendered position. So I have to just keep on going. Like there was one time I was oming with someone in America and she's just like full on in tears, like total breakdown. I just kept on. And then we did the practice and she was really thankful for it. And, and there's some strokies where it's too sensitive. So sometimes I started with her stroking the air above the clip, you know, and then until after a while it slowly thawed and then we could go deeper. And which is amazing for relationships. Because when I learned that, so when I was in a, I was in a relationship, so we were in this, you know, there was one time I was in the car and then she just got angry at me. It's like, you know, the rage of the woman's anger, the, the raw powerful energy and I just held it. In the past, I would have run away, tried to fix her, tried to make it better. But no, just like you know, me to see what's there. I just felt her, just witnessed this thing, and she said what she has to say. And after she's finished, and I said, 
Okay, I hear you. Uh, I'm gonna go now, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I went, and then the following day, she was like, thank you. <laughs> I just felt held. It didn't, it's the first time I've had someone hold me. Because that's the thing with, it may be a generalization, but it's generally the case where women in the panel <laughs> in this can confirm you want to test your man if they can hold right because otherwise he can't let go if he buckles then why am i gonna let go if he can't hold the, the thing in my experience female orgasm is really wild it's really i said that the someone must hold it even the like <laughs> And if you can't hold, then she won't show it to you because it's too much for everyone. So it's about a learning for both people, you know? Anything else? Any, any reactions from the people who identify as males in the room? Yeah, there are questions and comments in the chat. Why the left hand? Yeah, um, it's just easier. <laughs> it's easier for everyone. Because, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, you always start with the left hand quadrant. So, so if this is the, so this is the woman, this is her pussy, she's lying down. It's on her left. It's like the one o'clock spot. If her pussy was a clock, you always stroke there. And unless it moves, but then you always go back there because again, the reason is over the years have people have been doing it, they find that that spot is where there's most electricity. I don't know why, but it's, it's anatomically maybe. It does move, but if, you move and then the sensation dies, you just go back to that spot because that's where usually there's something there happening. And so it's easier than, you know what I mean? It's easier if the left hand is there. Although there's some adjustments, like I've owned with someone who's pregnant, so it's a different, she can't lie on her back. So this, but those are, those are the exception to the rule. And some, some people are also disabled, so you could bomb in a massage table. So different configurations, but that's a special training, yeah. So normally, if, it, if you're both able and no one's pregnant, it just is the normal container. Is it something that the lady can own by themselves once they, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, <laughs> because it's just like, uh, because I, uh, why I ask is uh, during the, my chi meditation, sometimes even during the, by meditating, mm -hmm. um, it just feels like the energy is there. It, it feels like a sexual energy uh, in the clitoris area mm -hmm. without any penetration, without anything, mm -hmm. like it feels that. So I'm just wondering, you know, is it common that, you know, women, once they figure out how the energy works and then they can just own by themselves? 
mm. if they don't have a partner. Yeah, I hear you and I've been there, but there's a difference when another person is there. Because in, in the same way, I can't tickle myself. <laughs> I can't. It's harder to surrender to myself because I know all my tricks. But when there's someone there, like when I'm meditating, sometimes I could fool myself that I'm meditating easier than when I'm, I'm really touching the most intimate part of another person. And there's something so sacred in that that I can't afford to fall asleep. Whereas if I'm just sitting here doing my thing, I mean, there's value in that, don't get me wrong. And I, I still do it when I'm alone. I still pleasure myself. I also do seated meditation. But there's something when another human is involved, another sovereign being is involved. So it's not the same, but it's also good to have your own practice. So anyway, um, one of the things that Nicole says is generally, women have been conditioned to own their heart and disconnect from their sex. And men have been conditioned to connect with our sex, but disconnect from our heart. But in this practice, you do both. Like, like in a way, women starts to own their orgasm again. And men, we start to own feelings again. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, it's like feeling the thing. Whereas women, it's okay to, So that's a, a more higher overview of why the practice is being done. It's, it's a bit like Tantra, but more Zen, more contained. So under the the group chat, somebody asked, uh, does it have historical roots in Tantra or any other ancient practice? Um, Nicole learned it from a Zen, from a Zen background. Her story is, there was a Zen monk who approached her in one of the Zen parties, didn't know that they had Zen parties, and did the practice on her. And I'm actually, myself, reading a lot, or listening to a lot of talks about Zen, and I, I'm getting I'm getting the connection between like Om is goalless and in Zen there's no goal because once you have a goal you're in the mind and it's about being just present. Because when, when I have a goal I'm already in the future and I'm not here anymore. So this 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 that link. It's also very no extra. So the the materials are just very bare, you know. No, no fancy lace, no, you know. It's very zen in that case. Very clean container. No perfume, no, no. no special trick. You know, that's what I've told you is everything in the practice. But within that austerity of the steps, there's a lot of things that can happen, but still doing the same thing. It's a bit like what they say in Zen. Before enlightenment, chopping wood. After enlightenment, chopping wood. <laughs> it's the same. They're still arming, but the more you do it, Oh yeah, and that's another thing. I've been doing this for six, 2014, so six years, six, seven years. And no arms been the same, even if I've been arming with someone for years. Every time you arm, it's different. Even though we're doing the same thing, 
it's a bit like the the Heraclitus saying, "No, no, no person can step on the same river twice." It's, a, it's the same. I could, at least in my own experience, I've never had the same arm with anyone. May I share something? Yeah, please. Uh, it reminds me of the way I do rope. Because the way I, I'm, I'm doing BDSM, but in the way I do rope, it's being there for the person. Because um, at that moment, it's me connecting with them through touch. And from the way that you're describing it, it there is always intention in the way you were holding them. Just because you are the one doing it doesn't mean that you're the one dictating what's happening it's a flow wherein you talk and you respond and you do something they respond and it's a beautiful uh, synergy of energies that help define or really uh, make the experience unique to itself and i realized that also when i do that to other people the way you were describing how you say first what you're going to do, making them feel comfortable so that they can just relax in the moment. And you too become vulnerable in that moment because you relax as they relax. And I noticed also how energies, you feel each other's energies. When you said that when a, a woman can feel the hesitation, I also know how that feels because whenever someone touches me, I understand that, hey, there's this hesitation that's coming from the way you're touching me. Is it something from you or is it something, is it you reacting to, to me moving or me reacting to what you're doing? So it's a, such a wonderful practice to see that, you know, what I'm doing is also something that you're doing. It's just that there are different mediums to, to how you're doing it. And it's such a really cool thing to see that I can see myself and what you're doing it's just that it's in a different situation yeah for sure and i've also engaged with this and, and when i was doing the coaching program and it's a lot of overlap between the communities like when yeah. i was doing the coaching program and i was living in this om house in san francisco they had in the door all the equipment <laughs> BDSM, like whips and Riding yeah, the crops. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and when I first encountered BDSM, people don't believe me when I say it, but it's true. I felt really safe in that environment because the first thing they ask me is, what, what are your limits? You know what I mean? Because in normal life, no one asks that. People yeah. just stum stumble into, I don't know, people don't even talk. People sometimes, they get the usual stereotype, I don't know if this still happens, but in the old days, people just get drunk and just have sex and no one talks, yeah. to talks about what do we want, what's your boundaries, whereas in videos, and that's the first thing you negotiate, mm. what's, what's your safe word, and it's like... Yeah, and then you realize that in, in such a practice, you become this very specific, like I, I'm able to say, hey, I want this in this certain time, in this certain position, in this certain way, because I need it, and I know you can yeah. do this. So, yeah. And I, I, saw, I saw the practice of you giving after, or rather, um, 
cradling someone back from that high because I know what it feels like to be in that high and then just suddenly go down. And people don't really understand that going from that high, you your body comes, I mean, hormones come from your body that that really just releases there. And then once you crash down, your body is going through withdrawal because you want more and more and nobody bothered to bring you from that high to go down. And it was wonderful to see that you also had that process wherein you're grounding them back. Like, I'm bringing you back slowly into reality because I care for you. I'm cradling you back. And it's just wonderful how you were expressing it and how it, it's, uh, it resonates really well in the way you show and express it. Yeah, it's where like, and this bleeds out of real life. We call it, so that's the call the downstroke. Mm. And then in the community, sometimes it can, can be applied in two ways. It's like when I'm talking to someone, how are you? I'm in the down. And that's some, you don't try to fix them, you just acknowledge, oh, they're in the down. It can be juicy there too, you know? I'm in the down, being in the down. And sometimes when someone's in the down, the, automatic reaction is you have to put them in the up. Now sometimes they need to go down and you help them go down and then they reach the down and then oh yeah okay <laughs> they go up again and another way we use it is um tell people i'm gonna give you a downstroke like give me a downstroke like like let's say i'm gonna marta's the organizer of this marta give me a downstroke what did i do wrong in the you know and then you take it. And there's a philosophy in, in the community that I give strokes verbally. You take what's useful, you drop the rest. So everyone's free. Sometimes this is, hence, if you look at one, there's some controversies in the organization. Sometimes it can go, sometimes people can abuse the downstroking and the pushing to orgasm because it's really powerful. But if you know how to play it right, it's really powerful where, imagine if you're in a community where you, especially, I don't, know, I don't want to generalize, but I feel that in Asian communities, it's a bit of like everyone doesn't want to rock the boat, just smile. And, and it's only in this community's island. No, no, it's okay to take, give a dance rope. And also, it's also good to receive because <laughs> When I was starting in this community, someone would praise me. Oh, Oliver, he did well. And I was like, nah, nah, in a visual, nah, nah. And then someone says, no, just take, take the stroke. Don't deflate it. Someone's giving you, they're being vulnerable and praising you and you're just deflating it. Just take it, just say thank you. That's enough. Wow, that was powerful. Just say, Martha, you did well. And you say, oh, thank you. Because the usual reaction is, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's the other person. Oh, no, it's, just take it. <laughs> and you're also doing the other person a favor when you receive it. Because it's the thing with the no commerce thing. It's not that if I do something to pleasure the partner, that they have to do something back. It's that when they feel that pleasure, that's my reward. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing in itself is, the magic of when I'm arming and I can see the amazing thing that's happened to another human being, that's the reward. That's it. It's like, like, I had people really cry, like, 
I've been married for 10 years. I never felt like it's like, uh. finally there's a, a, a priest that owns in the US and he owns and he said, this is God's work, he says. You know? <laughs> Being able to do this thing to another body, it's like, that's God's work to him, right? It's, it's, it's powerful work. I mean, it's, it's just sad that in a way there's a, a bigger backlash towards sexuality. I don't know what happened in the world. There seems to be everyone's becoming more prudish. I don't know. Is it just social media? I don't know. And thanks to you, Martha, and people like you, we keep on going, you know, despite the countervailing political or whatever things happening. Cool. Any more before we end, uh, end this? I think people are shy. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, and do you want to look at the comments, Martha, and pick one? I think you haven't answered that question. If you don't have a clip, can you show anything else to replace it on the practice of OM? It doesn't feel like the right question. It's, um... I thought that is another part. So, so that's my question, Oliver. <clears throat> um, can I be the Strokey. Yep, there is. I've been a strokey. There's another practice. This uh, I know of two. So there's uh, Nicole. They don't write a book called Slow Sex, and there's a chapter in that where stroking the man. But there's also Joseph Kramer who's doing this work in the states, who does the Rainbow Wrap. And I've actually received it from him. It's like it's so cool. Yeah, so it's like the frenulum. So that's, it's a different practice. And in some of my partners here, we swap. Like, I, I do, we om, and then we call it a male om. So, but then we're clear, like when I ask, do you want om? You do that. And, and then she would go, do you also want a mom? Yeah, and I say yes. Sometimes no, sometimes yeah. Does the male om, is it as powerful for you as the female om is when you do it for someone else? I haven't been a uh, strokey for a long time, uh, as long as I'm still getting used to the, it's like when I'm receiving, oddly enough, I find it hard to make adjustments. <laughs> I'm just quiet. And most, when most strokey start, Usually, that's the first thing we train them to is how to make adjustments. So this is the thing that uh, we or you, I, I don't do this, but as as uh, as the stroker, mm -hmm. we are asking women to let themselves go and to give, to receive well, and to give direction, which is something very difficult for a lot of women. 
But then when it comes back to you or me as the male receiving, I have I I resonate with what you said. Right? It's difficult for me to give instructions to my partner as well how I like to be stroked. Actually, this is interesting. You can use some of the protocols in um in your sex life. One is doing a container. So when I was in in the coaching program we had this segment on relationship by design. So you design your relationship. And also you can, you can do containers for your makeups. <laughs> so I asked all the, so the idea is we're always relating. And if we, sometimes I just want to relate up to that point. So when I was there, I would ask this woman, do you want to have a makeup? I said, okay, can we kiss for 10 minutes? So that's all we did. So we went to the back room and we discussed for 10 minutes. So, and then another time we set a container. Hey, do you want to make out? And said, yeah, you can do everything, but our clothes stay on. So we did that. Or, or so you contain it. I guess the problem is with um, sometimes with, without the container, when I say yes, I, I don't know what I'm saying yes to. I'm saying yes to the whole night. What are we going to do? But if you contain it, yeah, I'm good if we just cuddle for 10 minutes. And then you contain it. And next time I, I want to cuddle and you could play with your best. So you could experiment with having, specifying what you want and getting it, being grateful for it and receiving it and thanking the other person. And that's done. And then you can do further containings down the track. So that's one thing you can ex experiment with. Uh, I, I, like, I like this idea a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my anxieties about this is, as I listen to you describing it, I'm imagining what happens if we decide at the end of the container or even midway through to go further beyond the bounds. Does it then become that situation where you said oming becomes sex, you know, where it's too closely associated? You so know, the person. Mm -hmm. So if I, if, if I say I want to cuddle for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. And like halfway through the both of us decide to have sex, then mm -hmm. am I spoiling my own container forever? Generally, in OM and in BDSM, as I understand it, the way I practice, I always, I don't negotiate up in the middle of a play. Always down, but not up. Because they might, they might regret it the following day and you just fucked up the whole relationship. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, people people lose their sense. Mm -hmm. but then the following day, they're, I, I always try to be the one who holds the container because if they really want you, you can, they'll pull you back. <laughs> because I, yeah. I also do, I also participate in a lot of orgies and a lot of body glide. And people don't get why, why women always come to me because they know me that I won't cross. Because once you cross it, there's no going back. You've always marked this guy crossed. So it's better to pull back a bit. In, in, even in Omin, when it's really, really high, one of the best is let her come out. Sometimes the, the ordinary action is to go harder, you know, because <laughs> it's hard. Sometimes pull back, let her come out. Let her meet you there. Pull back a bit. And, yeah. Same with that. Like, if you really want this, we could do it tomorrow, you know? At least you know, she knows that you can hold the agreement. 
That's my so, experience. Yeah, Other people so, might have different experience, but that's my experience. So I, I like what you said. You always you can always negotiate down, but yeah. not up. So even if in the middle someone says now they want to do something, which they previously said was going to be a boundary, you will decline even if you want to do it because of the previously agreed boundary. You hold the container. Yeah, generally, but having said that, in, in the realm of Eros, <laughs> it's, it's not really, it's more about feeling. So another key tenet in Om is feel over formula. There is no formula. There are protocols, sure, but there's it, it not a secret formula. What we're training you to do is to feel people. And, and, and when you feel it, you actually know. And also, personally, I've been learning this a lot because I think my conditioning was all men want sex all the time. And I've been learning recently, like, <laughs> I've been having this dilemma, like, I did this for you. <laughs> she's there, she's ready, she wants it. Why are you not cooperating? And then I realized that my head wanted it. Maybe my body didn't want it. I mean, she's amazing. But if my, if my dick doesn't want her, even if she's the most beautiful woman in the world. That's another thing I learned with, with all this experimentation. Because before, I, I thought that I would never get off in a, with a really quite older woman. Because I was like younger women than me. But then sometimes, like, oh, she's hot. But then when I feel, oh, it's not. Then, I thought she's like not, not my type, but then when we play, it's like, whoa, there's something there. This, it's feeling the feel. Because sometimes we've been bombarded with a lot of advertising. I'm still working with, with this in my head, actually. So what, did, what do I really feel outside the, what I've been conditioned by marketing and advertising? In the last 15 minutes, Marta? Do you see the questions? No. As a practitioner, it. how, as a practitioner, who do you protect yourself? Or how do you protect yourself so you don't become a sexual assault case? Because, you know, you are touching people's genitals. So how do you not, how do you avoid the case of people saying that you raped them or molested them? Yeah, it's like keeping the container and and also this training involved. So most of the, in fact, most, if not all the people I've owned with were trained in the practice. Okay, but the thing is when you are naked with someone, there's no guarantee that they don't turn around and say things about you. Like for instance, you refuse to have sex with them. They turn around and say, uh, this person raped me or this person molested me. How, how can you protect yourself? I guess with me, I actually, yeah, there's a few people I've said no to Amit because I could feel that, that they're not, I could not feel their full yes. So when you, when you feel someone's not full yes, just don't go there. Even if they say yes and you feel, I, I don't think you say yes, then just don't go there because those are, I think we have an innate sense if someone says yes or a no. 
because it's in our biology. Sometimes it's just our head that overrides it. If you don't feel safe, even if you're the man, don't just don't go there, you know? Okay. So somebody's asking, is there a community uh, in Malaysia to learn more about this practice? The answer is no. Not that I know of, yeah. We could start one. <laughs> That's how it started in Australia. I guess one person just missed the states and just started it. Yeah, so um, just to ask about a question that just now about consent. Do mm. you have like, you know, document need to be signed even before all this happened? Or you have because technically we're just asking based on technically Asian country itself. A lot of things we don't just want to have verbal consent, but mm. we want to make sure that that is actually uh you know at least two agreement two two party agreement that oh this is actually you know agreeable before anything um i haven't signed a form to own with someone <clears throat> i've signed a form when i learned to own and i've signed a form when i did the coaching program but not to the actual practice itself so I don't know, it might be cultural, but I haven't done it. Yeah, I, I also think that there's nothing to stop us from creating our own document. Yeah. Uh, in, in this age of Me Too, when people turn around yeah. and say things, there's, there's also, I mean, we can create our own documents. We can create whatever we want. Yeah, I was thinking that actually before this session, Martha. I was thinking, I might, if I'm going to teach this again, I might change the name as well and make it my own so that it's not because there's some controversies with one taste maybe i mean they haven't i'm all friends with them i have no hard feelings with the founder and everyone in the exact team but maybe if we're going to change things we just choose a different name you know and then just tailor it maybe yeah i mean because the practice is the practice it's, it's really changed my life I, i'm not the same person before the practice it's very energetic. It's very energetic. Like, um, I don't know, it's a weird, the weirdest thing that happened in the first was, I think she was the third wo woman I've owned with, and she invited me to stay with her in Italy. And then we hugged. And she hugged me and then she just orgasmed and she said that was the best sex of her life. Like, what? Wow. It's just like, what is this? You know, because I had this formula in my head, you know. It's like, wow. And then and she said, can you just come and sleep in my bed? We'll be naked and yeah, it just expanded orgasm for me and, and different forms of sexuality. Okay, somebody asking, how often do you own? Is it just something you do regularly or do you want to do at certain times? Right now, I own at least three times a week. It depends on, because it's a desire-based thing. So 
sometimes I ask my partner and she'll say no, sometimes she'll say yes, sometimes she'll ask me, I'll say yes, sometimes. See, it's not like, um, if you have to do it, then it's not by desire, it's, you want to do it, you know? So there are periods in my life where I owned every day, sometimes multiple times a day, and sometimes once a week, sometimes three times a week. So last week I did, I don't know, but they were long ones, so yeah. Yeah, it depends now. Sadly, even the community here is a bit dispersed in Sydney at the moment. So I just have long people have been on me for a while, but no one's running circles now. You know, where you rent a space and I don't know, we need to kind of find a way out of this so that, yeah, I think you're right, Marta. We need to work out all these liability issues if we're going to do this in, in, in a yeah. group. So why don't you, why don't you uh, explain to the group your offer for couples and I don't know what else you offer. Well, I haven't really, um, if you want to be taught, I'm available, but I haven't really, I don't have a product yet, you know, so, yeah. but I'm open to discussing possibilities to teach. And what normally happens is if, if I'm going to teach a couple or two people to, um, it's in stages. So you actually learn the protocols, you learn to say yes or no, then you learn the practice and then I watch practice it and I give, it's, it's really a coaching program for the people and the practice and also what you do. Because even putting the gloves, <laughs> if you're in that intense situation, most people struggle with it because Am I doing it right? You know, it takes a while to get the. But now it's like part of my body when I do it. And it's hard, I know. Like when I was in London, I knew no one. Yeah, part of the thing for the strokers is getting to know. When I was in London, would you like to? Oh, no. Would you like to? Oh, no. No. It's like, it's like oh. Oh, oh, and then after a while, they said, someone said yes, and then I started getting yeah. But whenever I go to a first city, it's tough because no one knows you, right? Yeah. One thing I learned is women talk to each other. So that's why if they know, oh, he's a good person, they kind of tell each other, and then, oh, no, avoid that one. That's why some, there's a weird way that we, there's an immune system in the community that they weed out the people abuse other people because they talk, you know. I think that's how it generally works. Maybe last one, Marga, and then we could. Um, yeah. Feel free to message me anyway in Facebook or wherever. Any other questions? I think, I think um, even though uh, you're watching it, I mean, you're attending this session, but actually Oliver has already shared a, a more thorough video uh, that was recorded before the lockdown. And so now, of course, with the lockdown, you, you can't really show a live demonstration. But if you take the time to watch the video, it's clearer. And also, I'm a strong believer of you learn through repetition. Mm. So you are learning this for the first time. You watch the video, 
then maybe you can watch it a few times and remember um, this recording and also that video is not going to be available forever. So I know there's a lot of uh, 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 like workshops and recordings coming at you and it's only available for 30 days. But I, I really want you to know that we are, we are only doing this because honestly speaking, even if I, I let you have the recordings for 30 years, if you don't have time, you will always not have time. <laughs> so it's just a matter of making, making sure you have the time. And um, afterwards, um, all the recordings will be given back to the presenters. So I will also not have the recordings because I want to respect the time and expertise that all the presenters have given. In case all of you don't know, none of the presenters are being paid. None of them are being paid. Um, they are offering their time because they believe in the cause. So the presenters are attending the festival for free and they get to have some free tickets. But other than that, it's really purely out of goodwill. So I really encourage you to uh, watch the recordings and um, any questions, you can always reach out to Oliver. Yep. And yeah, we'll see where it takes us. That's, that's how I started my journey. I had no plan. I just just went in. <laughs> I just went deep and I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like there's an opportunity for you to do this in Manila. Uh, Manila, there's a big community and then now you know Dani. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really, really possible for you, for you to do it there. And uh, uh, so that, that is one possibility. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Philippines, you know, they're, they're very nice and it's actually, uh, contrary to what people think, it's actually more open than Singapore. Mm. It's just that you have to find the right people to still, you know, open up these things. Yeah, they have. There's they always have... the under, the undercurrent. Yeah. It's in every place, I think. There's an under. They have, they have many artists. And, uh, they have the boy community, the BDSM community. They have, I don't know. There's so many. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm part of them all. <laughs> You're the super networker. Super yes. spreader in a good just, way. <laughs> just open. <laughs> just very open. Yeah, it would be nice for you to do that here in the Philippines and other Asian countries. Because that's the first time I've heard someone, you know, discuss it openly and present it in a way where, oh, that's how it is. You know, you can only do so much with just reading, but to actually have someone talk about his experience and open up about how to do it in real life and then using that experience from the practice and use it in everyday life is wonderful. And also, yeah, I forgot to talk about it, uh, the community. It's like, it's like I stayed in, I stayed in, people let me stay in their house. I was, in, I was like, oh, i with this woman in Amsterdam. She said, yeah, I can just, I'm, I'm going away. I can just stay in my house, just near the canals. I was in this woman's house, like, what? You know, there's this interesting things like my life has taken a strange turn. I'm <laughs> in this amazing house in this in Amsterdam with this woman who'll come later to Om and then otherwise I'm just free to hang in her expensive flat. You know, weird things can happen like that, you know. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, it opens up because it's like um orgasm is it's about, it's general, it's overflowing, you know, it's not, it's, it starts with what's there, but then when it blooms, it can take unexpected turns. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you very much, Oliver. Salamat. It was wonderful. Salamat. And keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And when we can travel again, I'm sure I'll see some <laughs> in person. Yes, please. Welcome to the Philippines. Yes. Show me the, the inside. <laughs> Thank, thank you, everyone. Very much. Thank See you. you. Thank you so much. Okay. So Enjoy much. the rest so, of your day. Wait, uh, wait, wait. I have an announcement. So in half an hour, we have uh, the full moon circle. So um, in case you don't know, we are going to have full moon uh, at almost midnight tonight. So it's uh, at least uh, midnight Singapore time. That is in about four hours time. So it's... Um, in case you've been feeling tired or weird or energized or cannot sleep or moody or grouchy, like, right, Elmer? Like yesterday. <laughs> I was having a meltdown yesterday. Uh, so actually, sometimes our emotions are affected by the moon. So it's, it will be great to come for the full moon later in half an hour. Uh, there'll be singing. Uh, so actually, Varin, she she's a sound healer. So, you know, she does this in person and, and you get to attend this as part of the festival. Um, she's, she's, uh, yeah, and usually, of course, for her events, is always in person. So anyway, if you are interested, come for the full moon uh, circle. Uh, have some healing. I expect it to be gentle. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the festival cannot be all up, up, up. I also want some down-regulating, relaxing, uh, sessions. So yeah, if you are interested, uh, just join us. Okay, that's all. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Oliver. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>